Welcome to the KPC Podcast. This week's message is from a special guest speaker. Isn't it neat what's happening all around us? I mean, I just, I love, sometimes we're so unaware of how one group or another reaching the world for Jesus. So here's a chance to be a part of it. All right, well, today you're in for a real treat. Um, during the, the summer, we have the opportunity to have a few more guest speakers than usual, visiting missionaries and others. And, and actually, I think this is the last one for the summer, which I realized this morning hasn't yet begun. So you can figure all that out yourselves. Um, so let me introduce our speaker to you today. Um, before he comes up, uh, I'll read a little bit and then I'll say a couple things. Um, the son of pastoring parents, brother Don Donaldson surrendered his heart to Jesus in 1955 in an evangelistic campaign in his parents' church. He studied at the University and Theological Seminary in Wilmore, Kentucky. All right, I've been to Wilmore uh, uh, until 1964. Since 1957, however, he has been ministering in evangelism and working in evangelism campaigns in churches, auditoriums, schools, and outdoor tents. In 1969 in Guatemala, he founded an aviation ministry, Agape, which is still operating flying planes through all Central America, throughout all Central America, and for four years in the Amazon jungles of Ecuador. Currently, along with his wife, Chiki, where is she? Hey, dear. Good to see you. I didn't get to see you this morning. Uh, they live in Antigua, Guatemala. They have nine grandchildren and have been married 50 years. Woo! He has served in Hebron Church since 1990. Brother Don is a member of the Hebron Ministries International Board. Now, what isn't in here is that he is the uh, father of Cecil. Where's Cecil's right there? Uh, and uh, Almery right there. Uh, so the Flick family, he is connected to them. And what I love about Don, I, I don't see this enough, he is a man who not only comes filled with the knowledge of God, he really carries the heart of God. So, Brother Don, if you'll come on up, I'm going to pray for you. And what makes this hard for me is Don is so talented in his presentations that they're going to go back to me next week. So, if you want to tone it down, you can. Let me pray for you. Uh, yeah. Father God, I thank you for this man of, of God. And Lord, the Word says that um, though we have many spiritual guardians in Christ, mm. we don't have that many fathers in the faith. And so, God, I thank mm. you for a man who he is a spiritual father to the church all over the world. Lord, I bless him. Father, we welcome him. And God, as a body, we open up the doors of our heart and, uh, to be fed today uh, by you speaking through Don in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you, brother. Thank, thank you, brother. You. Thank you so much. And it's good to be with you this morning. We have visited this church for many, many years, because every time we come to the States, and we come up to the States maybe once a year to visit our family and friends and visit churches and, uh, and to travel some in the ministry, and we always come to KPC. So we, we feel a part of this congregation, and we're glad to be able to share with you today some of the things God has done, and we appreciate the opportunity to be here with you this morning with my whole family, our grandkids, and we've been having a great time. We leave Tuesday to go back to Guatemala, where we live and worship and minister, 
And we're going to be doing something very unique in Guatemala. This Friday we'll be speaking at a missions conference. So, but this is with Guatemalans in a Guatemalan church in the area, the rural areas of Guatemala. Can you imagine that? They have a heart for missions like you do. Ghana and Bahamas and Turkey and all the places and the people out there on your board, all those other places, you see? And so Guatemala themselves are picking up the, the baton and the fire and carrying it on. And we're glad to be a part of that and be here with you this morning. I do chalk talks. I've been doing them for many, many years. I've discovered it's the best way to communicate the gospel. Jesus Christ used a lot of visual aids. Every time he spoke, he spoke about the flowers, he spoke about the sheep, about the grass, the skies. It's a great way, especially in Guatemala. And, and we've used it in Africa. We've used it in India. We've used it in Hong Kong. We've used it in Europe. It's always, it speaks any language. I can speak any language with a drawing. So I'm going to do a drawing. And, and, and then after I get through with this drawing, you know, the Chinese say one picture is worth a thousand words. Well, I've done a message of a thousand words by drawing this picture. And then I'll add another 10,000 to it. No, not quite, but I'll, I'll add some more words to it. Now, my, my wife is going to play the piano. I always like to have music when I draw. It helps me, inspires me. And uh, so I like to have music. And my wife, bless her heart, she's been doing that for 50 years. And I had a, I had a great, uh, I had a great orchestra for a while. Al Marie, our daughter, flute, she sailed with her violin. But they went and got married, and there went my orchestra. But uh, I still have my wife, and she always plays for me everywhere I go to draw. And I appreciate that her so much being there. So they're going to play. I'm going to draw, and I, I like to draw, uh, I like to draw people out of the Bible. I really like people. Now, when I draw people, of course, nobody knows what they look like, so I don't have to worry about it. I can't have anybody come and say to me, hmm, that doesn't look like Moses. Who knows what Moses looked like? Anyway, I can do whatever I want to, and nobody can say anything. But I try to put something in their face or in their gestures that will help you identify who they are. So let's see if you can find out who this is by looking at the picture that I'm going to draw of this person. I had a TV program in Guatemala for three years where I illustrated the entire Bible three times a week. I had a program for kids, but a lot of other people saw it. But I illustrated from Genesis all the way to Revelation. Wow. It's a great opportunity to preach the gospel, to do drawing. So see if you can tell me who this guy is. If you can, boy. Now I'm going to go down and sit down and let you come up and preach. I would like for us to open up the chapter, one of the most beautiful chapters in the whole Bible. Does anybody know who this is? Okay. <laughs> We're going to find out who he is right now. Bartimaeus. Hey, that's good. No, it's not Bartimaeus. <laughs> Too bad. <laughs> well, there's not that many blind people in the Bible, so we can just start eliminating them one by one. But no, it's not Bartimaeus, but it's somebody else. Very, very important. This scripture, this chapter in the Gospel of, of John is one of the most tremendous chapters in the whole Bible. There's enough material here to preach a month on it. You could preach and preach. Oh, there's so much here, but it is so pertinent to us today. Today. I want you to catch this message that the Bible gives us so clearly here. Look at chapter 9 of the gospel according to St. John. St. chapter 9, 
Gospel according to St. John. And we're going to read beginning with verse 1. And it says this, as he was walking along, he, was, he had been in the temple, chapter 8. He was going to be stoned. He left, walked right in the midst of them, and they never saw him. There's a miracle. And went out to, mount, uh, out to the mountains where he spent the night, came back in town the next day, and as he was walking along, he observed a man who had been blind from birth. Now, that's an unusual situation. Blind from birth. It, it, it really means something very serious because the Jews must have considered him deformed, must have had some great deformity because he, in his condition, he could not enter into the holiest of holies. He could not participate in all the things of God or the grace of God or the mercies of God or the goodness of God because of his deformity. He had no eyeballs. He had no optic nerve. He had nothing. He was born in this condition. Now, there's a lot of, I heard of a, a baby that was born just not recently without any skin. And then I heard of one that was born with the heart outside. We have all kinds of incredible things. This man was born blind. He had no eyes at all. From birth, he was born that way. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that caused him to be born blind. Now, get, the, get this concept of what the disciples and, and, and the, in the day, the rabbis and the Jewish people had this idea. They believed in transmigration, transmigration, that thir- certain things that your parents did or somebody else did could be transmigrated to you in this life. And something might happen back then that can pass on to you. It's, it's, it's very common for people who believe in reincarnation, about the same thing, that we die and we come back later on. If you were a good, well-behaved person, you might come back as somebody better. Or if you weren't too well-behaved, you might come back as a cockroach. I don't know what they do with it or how they figure it out, who does that. But transmigration was something that the disciples believed that either this man, as they said here, who sinned? Was it this man? How could he have sinned if he was born blind? How could he have sinned, committed, or could cause him to be born blind? It had to be before, or his parents. That was the only, the Jews had special thoughts about these sort of things that can happen to people in the past and be transmitted on into this life, that if you're suffering some malady, it could be because of somebody else. If you have a headache, it's because you fought with your mother and father in the other life, and oh, it just goes on and on and on and on. All kinds of things. Well, Jesus puts a rest to all of this. No more discussion. No more trying to figure out reincarnation or transmigration. Jesus answers all of that by saying, neither, neither of these things. That's the end of reincarnation. I hate all the Hindus, but they, they, they got it wrong. There is no reincarnation. This is very plain. Neither he or his parents or anybody else sinned. It was he. It was this man, neither. That, that's not a part of the picture. All these things that you're trying to say. 
So Jesus looked at him and said, Neither this man nor his parents sinned. This happened so that God, God's work might be revealed in him. Now, this is the most beautiful statement. Jesus knew exactly what he was going to do. He was going to heal that blind man. That would be the way of power of God being revealed in him. But that's not the end. The end is that the man goes and he's healed and he's excommunicated. He's kicked out of the synagogue and he finds Jesus later. And Jesus asked him, do you believe in the Son of God? And he said, yes, I believe. But who is he? And Jesus said, it is he who is talking to you. And the man believed. There is the promise and there is the power of God in that story. A soul is born again through this great miracle. Oh, the great the miracle was tremendous. But he was Born again, he came to a knowledge of Jesus Christ, which is the most important thing, more than his sight or anything else. Now, you and I are living in a day and age when darkness is coming against the light. As a matter of fact, Jesus goes on and tells us right here in this chapter about that happening to us. I must do the work of the one who sent me while it is day. Night is approaching when uh, night is approaching when no one can work. Here's this problem in life, darkness and light. They've been battling ever since from the very first of the creation when darkness covered the earth and then God created light. And God talked about a light coming into the world. The Gentiles who sat in darkness shall see a great light. I love that song from the Messiah. Oh, that's such a beautiful song. The people that sat in darkness shall see a great light. Light darkness has been fighting and battling ever since from the beginning of time, and it's happening right now in our country. Light and darkness are coming together, and there's a clash right now. And Jesus says, we're moving into an era of darkness. And I believe that. Darkness is a terrible thing. In darkness, think of it. What it means in darkness, it means you could stumble over something while you're trying to walk, but you don't know whether it's a diamond or a bar of gold or a stone. If you're blind, you cannot see it. Darkness is a terrible thing. It hides so many wonderful things from us. It causes us to miss so much. It, it, it's, it's a terrible thing to live in darkness, as so many people are today living in darkness. And we are the ones to, who ought to bring the light to them, the light of Jesus Christ. Jesus says there's not enough time to work because darkness comes. I remember when I was 16 years old, we lived in San Angelo, Texas, and my father was pastor there, and he took us on a vacation, my three brothers and myself, my wife, my mama, my dad. We went to Carlsbad Caverns, which are in New Mexico. Maybe some of you visited Carlsbad Caverns. Now, this is a long time ago. I was 16. Remember that? That's a long time ago, because right now, I am exactly years old. And so you just can imagine how long ago that was. <laughs> it was a long time ago. And we went down to the caverns, and we took a tour, and the guide took us down and down and down. Oh, we went to the very bottom where they could go. Oh, it must have been almost a, a kilometer up to the top. There was no way of any light, and, he, and the guide said, now sit down. And everybody sat down, and he said, now we're going to turn the lights out, and we're going to let you experience 
total darkness. Now, nobody had these iWatches with lights and things. No, 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 no. No iPhones, nothing. This was for all that. We were all in the black. I sat there, and he turned the lights out. And I will never forget that experience all my life. That darkness was so thick, I felt like I was swimming in it. I, couldn't, I could touch it. I could feel it. I put my hand in front of my face, and I couldn't see a thing. It was total darkness. Oh, it so stirred my, my heart. I've never forgotten it to this day. And to think that there are people today who are living in that darkness, right here in our community, right here in our cities, and in our towns, and we must bring them the light. When I grew up in Texas, of course, you know, back in Texas, we, we were all country music fans. We all loved country music. Huh? And guess who I was raised with? I was raised with Hank Williams. Anybody ever heard of Hank Williams? Oh, yeah. Hank Williams. Hank Williams is the Mozart of country music. <laughs> really, he's a country, he's a Mozart. He, he couldn't write anything. Everything he wrote just went number one. I mean, everything, zoop, number one. Everything he wrote, number one. The guy was incredible. He wrote so many. And I can, if you want to, I can sing it. No, no, I better not do that. I can, I can still sing Hank Williams' song. But he was a great, uh, as Roy Acuff of the Grand Ole Opry said one time about him, when they wouldn't let him come anymore because of his habit of drinking, he said, Hank Williams has got a talent, a 10 million talent, but he's got a 10 cent brain. He was ruining his life with drink and alcohol. He could not function without being drunk. And he just kept drinking all that money and all that talent. Just a young guy, but drinking himself to death. Hank Williams wrote a hymn. Would you believe it? He wrote a hymn. And that hymn was, I saw the light. I saw the light. No more darkness. No more night. Praise the Lord. I saw the light. That's what he said. He made number one. Beautiful song, beautiful words. He was performing that at the Louisiana Hayride in Shreveport, Louisiana. And, of course, they said he came out kind of staggering like he always did. He was drunk, and that's why it was a shame. And he, he, he put his guitar on, and he said, I want to sing my, old, my hymn that I just, I just wrote. And he strummed that guitar, and he started singing it. I saw the light, I saw the light, no more darkness, no more night. Right in the middle of the second chorus, he stopped, the boys in the band looked, and Hank Williams took his guitar off his shoulder and threw it on the stage and said, but I don't see any light. I don't see any light. And he ran off the stage, and a few weeks later, he died in the backseat of his car in a drunken stupor. He never saw the light. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. I am the light of the world. No man cometh to the Father but by me. I am the light in this world. Now, Jesus has come to share with us this light. 
that we enjoy today right here. We thank God so much for this light. But let me ask you, here's the, here's the real problem. The end of this chapter is where it just really gets deep, deep down. And I want you to see this. This is something that is incredible about every one of us. Now, when the man was born, when he got his healing, Jesus did a funny thing. He spat in the ground and took mud and made mud out of his spittle and dirt. And then he pasted it on the man's eyes. Now, if you're going to heal somebody of blindness, why are you making him more blind? You're putting pasta on his eyes. You're putting mud. And then Jesus says, go wash in the pool, Salome. And the man goes and washes and he comes back seeing. And the Pharisees hear about this and they're made aware of it. And it's a Sabbath day, they said. And they didn't like that at all. And so they condemned. Through the whole story, this whole chapter, they call his parents. They're very aware of the fact, yes, he's our son. He's for over 40. Let him talk for himself. He, they were afraid of the Jews. And they said, well, we'll throw you out of the synagogue and the parents and everybody because you're just believing that sinner. And the man himself says, I don't know whether he's a sinner or not. All I know is that I was once blind, but now I see. That's what he said to those men. They were furious. They said, you can't do this. You can't have this man healing people on the Sabbath day. He can't be a Christian. Look at this. The laws, the traditions, the culture is going against the light. Isn't that exactly what's happening today in our country? Culture, laws, political correctness is coming against the light. And there's a conflict of light and darkness in our world today. But look what happens. The man is kicked out of the synagogue. Jesus finds him. And as Jesus is talking to him, the Pharisees are standing around listening. Now look at this. He answered and said, the blind man, verse 36 of chapter 9, and who is he? Jesus said, do you believe in the Son of God? Who is he? Tell me so that I may believe in him. Jesus told him, you have seen him, and he is the person who is talking with you. Anything clearer than that? Did Jesus ever call himself the Son of God? Did Jesus ever say the statement, he was the Son of God? Yes, he did. It's me, the Son of God, talking to you right now. That's pretty clear. Then Jesus said, the man said to Jesus, I do believe, and worshiped him. The first confessor of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Uh, that's, that's a great thing to you think about it. The first one who openly confessed Jesus Christ as his Savior. I do believe, and he worshiped him. Then Jesus said, now here it comes. Here it comes. Hold on. I have come into this world to judge it so that those who are blind, so those who are blind may see, and so that those who see may become blind. That is very hard to understand. What is Jesus saying? 
Here it is. Here's the answer. Some of the Pharisees who were there near him overheard this and asked Jesus, Well, then are you saying we're blind? Are we blind too? Are we? Oh, boy. Jesus told them, If you were blind, you would not have any sin. But now that you insist we see, your sin still exists. There's no pardon. It has not been pardoned. What is Jesus saying? What is he trying to tell you and I today? He's trying to tell us, if you and I say, I see it. I see the light. But then my life does not live up to that. And I live in sin, and I live in hunger, and I live in all kinds of degradation and, and, and evil and ugly things. Then, then, but I say I, I can see. But you're really blind, so your blindness remains. Because you cannot say that I, I, I can see, and then your life it doesn't live up to that. You can't say, I see, and have an uncommitted heart to God. You have to obey the Word of God. Now, this miracle is just too much for us to understand. But let me show you what I mean. Look at this drawing. Look at this poor blind man. He was born blind, but then Jesus came said, go wash in the tank. Now I can see. I can see. I don't just say I can see. I can see. How did, why did Jesus use that mud? Why, why did he use mud? It's amazing we don't have a denomination today of the mud daubers. <laughs> Somebody would come along with that idea and say, I belong to the first church of the mud daubers. Why did he use mud? Did you ever stop to think about it? He used mud because when he created man, he created him out of the dirt. And Jesus used mud, dirt, with his saliva to heal this man. It was a creation of eyes that weren't there before. It's now eyes that can see the same miracle that God will do in your heart today. We ask it in Jesus' name for that. That will happen to you just like that. Will you bow your heads for prayer? Oh, Lord, my God, when I in awesome wonder consider all the worlds thy hands have made. I see the stars. I hear the rolling thunder. Thy power throughout the universe displayed. Sing it with me, all of you on the chorus. Then sings my soul. My Savior God to Thee, how great Thou art, how great Thou art. 
Then sings my soul, my Savior God to thee. How great thou art, how great thou art. Oh, yes, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for leading us, Lord, into your light into your glorious light. Touch the heart of those, Lord, that are in darkness today, those who cannot see, those who say they see, but they cannot see it. They're still blind. Lord, speak to them, we pray. Now in Jesus' precious name, amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to the KPC Podcast. For more messages and information, visit kpc.org.